Good evening, church. Before we start anything, let's go ahead and pray. Actually, so first, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, that's where our text is, and then we're going to pray. That's what I'm going to do. Holy Father, we just thank you for, Lord, we, we are here, Providence, Rhode Island, and right now, our brothers and sisters in North Korea, China, some in China, Afghanistan, Lord, they would, they would pay their everything they have if they could worship like we, we are right now, Lord, and they can't. If they could hear God's word preached out loud in peace without fear of their life, they can't, Lord. And so we just, we just want to say we thank you for this blessing, Lord. Um, and we just ask your blessing on this time. And we just pray for them, Lord, that you would give them the freedom that we have and you would not remove it from us, Lord, even though we don't deserve it. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In John chapter 3... Jesus says, just like the serpent was raised up in the desert, so, sat, so shall the Son of Man be raised up. And if you know your Bibles, you know that's a reference to Numbers chapter 21, when Israel, they had this great victory, and then they start to grumble against God because they're hungry. They just conquered their enemies, and then they start to complain. And God, in judgment of their complaining, he sends serpents to to bite people and, and they get sick and they die. And God tells Moses, raise up a, make a pole, put a bronze serpent on it, raise it up. Anybody who looks at that will be healed. If you would have, if you were one of the original readers, when that was written, you would have no idea that that was talking about the Messiah. You would think this is just a recorded event for us to know what happened in the history of Israel. But the larger implication of that. Is, is Jesus, is the Messiah that was lifted up and anybody who looks on him is healed from, from their sin, right? Likewise, if you think about Psalm 22, Jesus quotes Psalm 22 from the cross. If you read Psalm 22 at the time when it was written, you would not have thought immediately that that was messianic. But Jesus is saying, this is, this is about me. And our verse tonight is likewise in that manner. Paul, he looks back at Psalm 68, verse 18, and he says, that is talking about this, right? So like, you, you don't know what Psalm 68, 18 is actually about. And Paul says, I'm going to tell you what Psalm 68, 18 is about. And, and that's our verse today in Ephesians chapter 4. So let's read uh, chapter 4, verse 8. It says, it's on, the, you don't have, it's on the other page. 4, it says, When he ascended on high, 
He took the captives captive. He gave gifts to people. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to people. Now, normally, when you read the Bible, I give you what, what I've been told is a very helpful tip, and I agree with it. If the Bible explains itself, you go with that. You don't make up your own explanation. And so here, we're helped by Paul. Because in Ephesians, if you go down to verse 9, right, Ephesians 4, it says, but what does he ascended mean? So there's three parts to this verse. It's the first part, when he ascended on high. Second part, he took captive. Well, the next two parts are sort of um, the results of the first part. The first part would be the work of Christ. And then we have the results, these two parts of the results of the work of Christ. So the first part, when he says, when he ascended on high, Paul tells us what it means. He says, but what does ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth. And then verse 10, the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to fill all things. So in that verse, Paul is saying, when he ascended, it has the whole work of Christ contained in it. So the father sends the son before the foundation of the world. The plan was made. It says the lamb was slain. The son willingly comes. He makes himself an offering for our sins. He's crucified. He's raised from the dead. And then he ascends into heaven. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to his people. That verse, all of that Paul is saying is contained in it. And you might think, well, that's a little bit. Why wouldn't he say it that way? But we, we do it all the time. So like if I, uh, or you, you graduated from Brown University with a degree in microbiology, a master's degree in microbiology. When you tell somebody that, they know everything that's included in it. You went to high school, you got good grades in high school, you got a good SAT score, you were accepted into an undergraduate program, you did well there, you were accepted into the master's program, you did well there, and then you got all the things you needed to get a master's degree. It's all contained in the one thing. That's exactly what Paul is saying about that verse. That, that's all of the work of Christ, meaning how he ascended. The second part, he took captives captive, or... What, you, if you're reading a different translation, it might say he took captivity captive. I, I like that. Or some just say he took the captives. This is essentially just the gospel. It's, it's just the gospel. You, me, we were all born sinners as, as in sin. And I know sometimes that could be a hard concept to think about because um, you, you know, you, you were there when you were born, but you, you weren't aware of anything. Imagine, so I wanted to give you an illustration that might help you if this is a confusing topic of how, how we receive sin from Adam. How because Adam sinned, now all in Adam have sinned. Imagine if there was a kingdom, a, a good, righteous kingdom, with a good, righteous king. And then inside of that kingdom... There was a rebel, a rebel, and that rebel convinced half of the other kingdom to rebel against the good king, and they left, and they all left, and now you have a rebellious kingdom, and then you are born to parents in that kingdom. 
you would fundamentally be one of the rebels. You didn't ask to be a rebel. You didn't want to be a rebel. You were born a rebel. And you would have all the marks of the rebellion on you. You would live like the rebels. That's exactly how all of us were born. Why is it that we so easily gravitate towards sexual sin? Because we were born sinners. Why don't our parents have to teach us how to lie? Because we were born sinners. Why is it that all of the evil that the world offers comes easy, but we have to struggle forward in righteousness? Because we were born in sin. And the Bible says that God cannot let you go. He can't do it. There's, a, there's another episode in the Old Testament. If, I, I, I just read it. I don't remember where it's at. But you'll know it's, it's Balaam and Balak, right? So there's this, there's this pagan prophet and there's this guy. His name is Balak. And he wants Balaam to curse Israel. And, and uh, Balaam says, I can't. He says, if Yahweh, if God, if he blesses them, I can't curse them. It doesn't matter what I say. I can't do it. And so two times he wants them to do this and he, and he blesses them anyway. But then they start to commit sin with these unknown women that come into the camp. And then God's judgment immediately pours out on Israel. Immediately. Why? Because God cannot let you go. If you've sinned against God, he cannot let you go. He will, in, in, uh, when God revealed his glory to Moses, he said, I will not let the guilty go unpunished. Think about this. If I could take every thought you had this week and put it on a hard drive, every thought, good, bad, and ugly, and put it on that projector and we'll play it right now, nobody would want me to do it. Nobody. Because we're all sinners. That, that, that's who we still, we still struggle with sin. But Christ, in Christ, God has not let our guilt go unpunished. In Christ, God has not let, un, uh, has not abandoned justice. God became a man. And God came in the form of Jesus Christ. And he literally, in, in him, you received your justice. If you believe that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, that actually happened. Like you received justice in him. And now there's not any more left for you. You were captive to the justice of God who cannot let you go. He's going to make sure that every sin that you've been involved in will receive its justice. You were captive to it. You go into the Old Testament, you read some of the judgment that God poured out on Israel when he said, I'm done, here comes my judgment. It's awful. And it's just to give you a picture of what awaits for you if you don't have Christ. And so if you're here and you don't know Jesus, the message of the cross is not stay away. It's it's come. It's come. Nobody who is a Christian is a, good, is a good person in and of themselves. And if they say they are, you should question them. I'm, all of my righteousness, the Bible says, are filthy rags. The only thing I have, the only thing good inside of me comes from Christ. And so Jesus, he takes those who are captive to sin and he makes them his captives in righteousness. And the Bible says, now we are the righteousness of Christ in God.
Hallelujah. The next part, the third part of the verse, he gave gifts to people, is also a part of the results of the work that we had in the first part when he ascended on high. If you look, uh, if you look at the, if you go, go back to chapter 1 in verse, in uh, chapter 4, verse 1. He says, therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity in the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in all. And then he says, now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, and then we have our verse. So, so if you see Paul, he says in verse 7, before he quotes Psalms, Psalm 68 and talks about he gave, he gave gifts to people. He says we've all received a measure of grace according to Christ's gift. And then if you skip down, so we have that is before our passage and then after our passage, he says, and it says, and he himself, and this is verse 11, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. All of these things, every, everything he mentions in verse, in verse 4 through 6, and then he gives an example. So 4, four through 6 is for all of us. For everybody who's a Christian, that's for all of us. But then if you see in verse 11, he just says some, some people. And that some is related to the measure of Christ's gift. Not everybody are these things that are listed there. But everybody has been given according to Christ's gifts. We've been given gifts according to the one gift that's poured out, which is the Holy Spirit, right? And the things that are listed in, in 4, in verse 1 through 6, you see what it talks about. Patience. These are all fruits of the Spirit. Patience, love, peace, unity. These are things that are a result of receiving the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And they come out of us because he lives inside of us. And then the work that we do, and we've been assigned, most, all of us have been assigned, some of us a specific task, right? So that's why in verse 11, he gets specific, but not exhaustive. He talks about pastors, evangelists, etc., etc. So I want to bring this home and I just want to make it individualistic and personal for us. Like what's the application? The application is that if you're a Christian, if you're here and you're following Christ, that, that means you, you have been given gifts Gifts from the spirit that are for the building up of the church. You, not just pastors, not just evangelists, also hospitality, compassion. These things are for the building up of the church and for the good of the world as well. And so when Jesus ascended on high, you were on his mind. You, sitting in that pew, you were on Jesus' mind. When he was on the cross... He was earning for you these things that he was going to give you when you were born for the building up of his church. And it's up to us to work, to, to learn who we are and to learn how he has blessed us with those gifts so that we can express those for our good and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me?
Lord, thank you for your word. Please, uh, I just pray you bless it. Um, Lord, for your body, in Jesus' name, amen.